that works for someone that is on a strict budget and probably will struggle to make more money in their future. Paying down their debt is important to them. But that's not how people get wealthy. That's not what the rich do. The rich are borrowing money at, like you said, 2% because they can go out and make 7% on that. Or they can reinvest it in their business in themselves. And they know that, you know, in their mind, it's almost a guaranteed rate of return because they believe in themselves. That's our guest, Christine Cox West. Christine is one of the founding members of the Fortis Agency, a financial services and wealth management firm located in Homedale, New Jersey. So sometimes some of our, our saving strategies is I want, I want tax diversification. I want economic diversification. I want market diversification when I have these saving strategies. So we call them like buckets of money. And so for some people, we say a bucket of your saving strategy is reinvesting in yourself if you own a business. I'm Bob Bianchi. At the Bianchi Law Group, LLC, we are a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge our clients with crimes. Our entire legal team is made up of former prosecutors, and my partner, Dave Bruno, served with me in the major crime and fraud units. And I'm David Bruno. In each of the episodes of this podcast, Bob and I will interview guests who have faced adversity in their personal and professional lives and find out what mindset they employed to triumph. Now, we seek the truth through real-life encounters and candid conversations with thought-provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. All being brought to you on Nothing But The Truth podcast. Christine, partner at the Fortis Agency, is the past New Jersey chapter president of Women in Insurance and Financial Services. She also sits on the board of the Morris County Chamber of Commerce, among many Fortune 500 executives, as well as chairing their Women in Business program. In 2019, Christine was named New Jersey Biz Top 40 Under 40. Christine Cox West is one of the founding partners of the Fortis Agency, a rapidly growing independent wealth company and management services firm. Christine is a past New Jersey chapter president of Women in Insurance and Financial Services. She serves on the board of the Morris County Chamber of Commerce, and that's where I first met Christine. Christine, you are a hardworking, working mom. Uh, I know your husband well. You guys are motivating. You're positive. You're energetic. Thank you for coming to the show. Why don't you just introduce yourself to the audience? Tell them a little bit about Wait, you. Wait, do, do, do people not know who Christine is? I mean, you can't be on social media and not who Christine is, right? <laughs> I mean, is that not right? <laughs> Especially in Morris County and New Jersey. So if you don't know Christine, check her out. Inspirational. I mean, she's got a son that is shredding on the board right now, right? What's your son's name and his handle? Uh, Jack West. He's at Jack West Shreds on Instagram. Apparently, he needs a TikTok, but I'm too old to like know how to do TikTok. So, try to find somebody to help with that. But yes, he's a, a phenomenal snowboarder at six years old. He got his first sponsorship at five. So, you know, one of the things in our lives is supporting our kids and helping them reach their goals too, and also having that positive mindset. So. That's perfect. So, I mean, listen, you you have so much. I want to get into what you do because when Dave says your title, it it, it it confuses people as to specifically what it is you do. But you mentioned mindset, so I want to get into that too because this is a show about mindset. Nothing but the truth is about your truth. So, tell us what you do and tell us what maybe is your number one thing that you could talk to our audience about your mindset as to what made you and and your husband and your business so successful. Awesome. Um, my husband and I met probably 11 or 12 years ago, back in 2011, and we both come into the financial services industry. And 
um, we were just two really hardworking and you keep working. And I know David talked a little bit about goals and, and goal setting. And I don't know that we were really like goal focused back then. And we are very much so now, but we were two motivated people that never stopped working. Um, always cared a lot about the people that we work with and our kids and, and building a, a great life for them. And in 2017, 18, we went independent and joined a registered investment advisory uh, for this group advisors to better help our clients and serve them. And in 2019, along with two other partners, we built the Fortis Agency, which is a full planning um, financial services firm where you can, as a client or an advisor, come and really get the best advice um, from an independent, non-biased perspective because we aren't tied to any one company. We're completely independent from the wealth management side and the financial services side. We have um, in-house a CPA, worksite benefits, employee benefits, um, you name it, we've built it within. And I think that's really important when people are going for advice um, about their finances. It's important where you're going as to what kind of information you're getting. And we wanted to create a place that's completely unbiased, but can also help our clients in a variety of different financial needs. Talk a little bit about networking, uh, Christine, because look, I remember way back in the day when I first met you, I was an assistant prosecutor pre-2013 and um, we were at a networking event and I've also been on a panel with you about networking in the Morris County Chamber. Talk about how important that is for you and your participation in the chamber and other networking groups. So in the beginning, I kind of just filled my schedule with networking. I didn't have a natural market per se. You know, a lot of people have um, wealthy families or they're well connected. I really wasn't when I got into the business. So I needed to network and needed to learn those skills on my own. I actually was in a business fraternity in college. So I kind of got some exposure to that at a younger age, but I would fill my calendar with networking in the beginning and um, almost too much. And so once I kind of figured out where I belonged in the world of networking, what places I found like I met great like-minded people and I could um, build my brand better, that's when I scaled it down to two or three really important organizations that I cared about and dedicated my networking time to those. And now as I'm teaching younger people how to build their practices, I I tell them to do something similar, but quicker to decide where they want to be. Cause you can't, you know, spend all your time networking. That's, you'll, you'll you'll just be a professional networker. Um, So I think that's important is to find a couple of places that you really enjoy and make sure you go to one or two networking events every single week. Um, Sometimes I don't have as much time to do it anymore, but I still try to get out there and, um, get get back and introduce, um, meet new people, because I think that was a skill set that for a lot of people was lost over the last two years. And while I probably did a lot less of it, um, I'm fortunate for my early networking because those relationships and connections helped us um, excel during a time when people weren't networking, weren't me- meeting with people. It's a lot harder to get into a business like ours during a time when people aren't networking because that those connections aren't built yet. Hey, look, you said it yourself. I mean, last two, a year and a half, two years, nobody expected this. Nobody expected the quarantine. Nobody expected lack of social connection. 
Tell me a little bit about you and if, if you were based a lot on in-person networking through the chamber and various different organizations, how did you pivot into the digital world when we had to deal with COVID? I was fortunate because for the last decade, I've been working with residents and like physician residents. A lot of my own personal clients, about 90% are doctors. So for them, we were using Zoom already because they go- end up going all over the country. I might meet them at a hospital in North Jersey when they're in their residency programs, but then they may go to Philly or Oklahoma or Colorado. So I can't just get on a flight to meet with them at any point in time anyway. So I was doing a lot over Zoom that way. Moving networking and everything like that to Zoom, it wasn't terrible for me, but I will say there was that like connection and those those special moments that happen at a networking event or a, a lunch or um, grabbing a drink where it's an aha moment, you you totally get how you can help this person or you connect on a special level, like talking about snowboarding that like might not happen over Zoom. So I think there was a part of that that was lost. And for some of the networking that I've done, I've tried to make it a lot more um, connection-based. So for example, women in business, that's a program within the Morris County Chamber of Commerce. I mean, I can't even count how many events we have per year. It is a real program. And so for our monthly committee meetings, before COVID, people would stand up and talk a little bit about their business for 10 minutes. There would be two 10-minute te- spotlight segments in person at the chamber office. And I said, like, nobody wants to sit on Zoom and like hear about someone's business. Especially if it's, you know, some of us do boring things. I do boring things, right? So instead, what I said was, I want to hear about who these women are as people. And you can um, weave in, you know, what you do. And that's a big part of your life, how you help people in your own business. But tell me who you are. Tell me about your journey. Tell me what you've had to overcome. And I have had such great feedback from, from people that have been joining these Zoom meetings where it is not dry. Like sometimes there's not a dry eye in the house because these women are, so powerful and um, have overcome so many different things that have made them who they are. And that's why I give them my business, not because they're great at um, human resources or um, printing up signs. It's because they've done so many different things in their life that got them to this moment. And I know as a person who they are and that they care, and that's more important than anything. So that was one of the things that I implemented. And I think that really helped make Zoom not just tolerable, but really enjoyable. And a moment where someone walked away after that and was inspired on a Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. And then incorporating some, go ahead. You know, I want to amplify on that because I actually wrote, my notes that I wrote down here is independent wealth management, past president of the New Jersey chapter of women in um, financial services, Morris County uh, Fortune 500 executives, New Jersey business award uh, of 40 uh, under 40. Um, so, you, you, But I was really interested to hear you say this because is there a, a difference in knowing your client and who your client is in terms of the financial advice you give them as opposed to maybe those big places that you go to and it's kind of a one size fits all? I think so. I think we have to understand what they want to accomplish and that may be a moving target. So in our first meeting with our personal clients, you know, we explain how we're different in our processes and everything like that, how we put a plan together. But then I want to hear about all their goals. I want to hear about their short-term, mid-term, long-term goals 
the things that make them tick, the things that they might not share with somebody else. Because a lot of times those really personal things that they want to accomplish in their life will have some sort of financial attachment to it, whether it's making sure that there's liquidity or um, maybe they want to retire early. And it's all part of gonna their saving strategy. So I think the one size fits all like, oh, let's just stock money away in XYZ kind of account because that's what works. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody because we need to know who they are as a person that maybe they love their professional job, but they want to get out and do something else someday. And I think that's all really important. Yeah. Do you have to do things like, for example, uh, some older folks may be of the opinion, like, I don't want to carry any debt. I don't want to have a mortgage. I don't want to have a car payment. And at the time, a couple of months ago, at least, money was cheap. So there was an alternative universe of thought where borrow as much as you can because the money's at 1%, 2%, and you can earn money off that money. Do you have that kind of uh, mentality where I I, I don't care. I just want to pay everything off and I don't want to owe anybody anything. Do you deal with that kind of emotional response to their financial situation? Absolutely. And what you said um, is a one size fits all um, kind of preachy that that works for someone that is on a strict budget and probably will struggle to make more money in their future. Paying down their debt is important to them. But that's not how people get wealthy. That's not what the rich do. The rich are borrowing money at, like you said, 2% because they can go out and make 7% on that. Or they can reinvest it in their business in themselves. And they know that you know, in their mind, it's almost a guaranteed rate of return because they believe in themselves. So sometimes some of our, our saving strategies is I want, I want tax diversification. I want economic diversification. I want market diversification when I have these saving strategies. So we call them like buckets of money. And so for some people, we say a bucket of your saving strategy is reinvesting in yourself if you own a business. Oh, I like that. We're going through that ourselves at BLG, yeah, right? the scaling that's taking place. I mean, a process in the making coming off of COVID. And, and look, Christine, it was, it was Bob and I for, from 2013 to 2021. And Danielle Esposito was the third attorney hired at the Bianchi Law Group January of last year. And now we're, uh, we're adding six and seven. We got some news coming very shortly to all of our audience out there. Christine, let's let's get a little bit into the business side of things, your business side, your personal business side. Talk to us about mindset. Talk to us about goal setting. Talk to us about scaling. So I, I mentioned before, in the beginning, I probably wasn't the best for goal setting and goal reaching. It, to me, it was like, I put my head down, I work really hard, and I'll get there. And I, although it worked, I think it worked a lot slower than it could have. Um, so now I'm very goal focused and very goal oriented. And I think there's, for me, there's two different kinds of goals. There's like the smart goals that I can write down and they're very um, measurable, attainable. One of my partners is excellent with the Excel spreadsheets. If I, if anyone in our firm has a goal, we share that goal with each other and then he'll break it out by, okay, this is what you should be at by March. This is what you should be at by June. And it's weird because the second I started doing that, I was reaching all my goals. And so I think by having writing things down and making a specific number and specific, how are you going to get there? You can back into those numbers. And I think especially when you're younger or starting um, in a new business, it's really important to have those goals and back into them. But then I have my other kinds of goals where I put them out to the universe and it's very strange how they happen. Um, for example, I remember sitting in the women in business, uh, room one day, the committee, and 
I looked at around and I was like, this is amazing. Like someday I want to run this thing. Someday I want to chair it. And lo and behold, here I am, my third year chairing it. It was something I put out to the universe. Um, years ago, I was in my 20s and I said, before I'm 30 years old, I want to be New Jersey biz 40 under 40. I didn't tell anyone that goal, but I like said it out loud to myself, to the universe. And one of my mentors, Kathy Koloff from IT Redix, I was 29 and she nominated me and I won. I was one of the honorees. Um, so like, it's so weird how some of these things happen. And obviously you can't put that down as I, I wrote it down and, and I came up with a plan. It just kind of happened. So I have these kinds of goals that I, you know, my, what are they? Big, fat, ugly goals. I, I forget what they're called. I have those that I kind of put out to the universe and then I have my goals. Okay. This is like on a month to month basis. How am I going to reach them? How often do you set those goals? So from a business perspective, yearly, we do a um, mid-year planning and then a, a yearly planning. So I guess actually two, two times a year, see where I end up at the end of the year and see, you know, what can I do next year to improve and, and get them again. But every year around summertime, we all get together and discuss where we are in our goals. And if we haven't reached them, what are we going to change to make them work by the end of the year? And if we've reached them already, or they seem like we're going to blow by them, let's, let's change our goals to make them a little bit tougher so that we can push ourselves a little harder for the end of the year. Christine, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor because I know you have a lot of influence. And, and, and by the way, we could talk a little bit about your support of women um, in, in your industry. But I'm, I'm looking to start something, Dave, 80 under 80. Can we start? Can we do yeah. that? I mean, it's like all the young people get, you know, but what, what about us? Um, and I'm not 80 yet, but that's what gives me the competitive advantage. <laughs> so um, what about scaling, you know, Christine? I heard you say before <clears throat> that you were going to all these networking events and then you realized you had to pare it down and cut it down. Uh, talk to our audience about the importance in your business because it's grown, you know, tremendously. And it's, it's predominantly, I believe, female. You could talk a little bit about that as well as to why you do that. But the importance of working on the business, not in the business. Absolutely. So we're at about 24 advisors right now. We have four female advisors. Like they are producers. They go out, they are building their own books of business. So while we're not predominantly female, that's actually a very high percentage of women in this kind of business. But I want to, I want to be a lot bigger than that in terms of our female population, because women are such great advisors. They care. They're honest. Um, they're motivated, they're nurturing. And listen, men can do that too, but there's some skills that we have that are very complementary to this business, but women are afraid that they can't take on a role like this because there's maybe no salary tied to it. So I think that's one thing in terms of, of females is going out of your comfort zone and doing something that will end up having more job security than you can ever imagine. In terms of scaling the business and working on the business, how do we get to 24 people? Well, I think it's a lot about the culture, what you're creating there and the model. So the model we built is so in the advisor's favor, as opposed to a lot of what else is out there that we don't even recruit. So there's no time spent recruiting in our, in our business. Everyone that comes to our firm is passive. It's because they heard about us. It's because they come on and work with us as a broker. And then they're like, why aren't I just with you guys? Our mission is to do good with good people and we don't need to do business with people that we don't like because there's enough business out there. So I think creating a culture where 
you're rewarding people that are doing the right things for their clients. You're putting them in a system that incentivizes them to do the right things for their clients and um, is unbiased. So they're not, you know, pushing something that may not be in their best interest. A lot of our advisors are fiduciaries, um, which means they are required to act in their client's best interest. So I think when you create a model, like if you build it, they will come. That's what we kept saying. And it's happening. Um, and then you get to a point where you're like, okay, now how do we make sure that we're providing what we promised these people? And a lot of that's delegation. It's outsourcing. Um, if there's something I shouldn't be doing, then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to find somebody else that can do it. I run my household the same exact way. So I'm a mom of four, um, eight, six, five, and uh, seven months. and so. I used to try to do everything because I was super mom and I was probably a little cheap. Uh, I'll clean my own house. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do the yard work. And it's just not possible. Um, as a working mom, as a working parent, you need to outsource. And so I came to the realization, both in my business and in my house, that if I do something myself that I should be doing, I'm robbing time for my children. I'm robbing time from the people that matter. So if I can outsource it and get somebody else to do it, for a fraction of the cost that it would take me to do it, then of course, that's what I'm going to do. And I think that works in so many different areas of our life. Um, and that allows us to scale and be more productive uh, because we don't necessarily just want to be doing the same things forever. We want to be able to grow something and watch other people flourish in the in those kinds of systems. Sure. I mean, Christine, look, it sounds like you have a lot going on at the house. You got Jack Shreds, you got the business booming with 24 advisors. I mean, look, I understand delegation and that is critical, right, to that scaling. But do you have a specific process as to all the tasks in the world of Christine Cox and what is going to be sent out? What is going to be delegated? What are you going to work on? What's your process in really getting through that list? Oh, that's a great question. Well, one of the best things I did, it's so silly, is like in my notes on my phone, I write down everything I need to do, everything from a business perspective and then another one for uh, my home. And so if I have a task, I share those tasks with other people. And if my assistant can can tackle some of those, I get them to do it. Um, if my husband, who's also one of my partners and from our personal, our personal clients, we work on a lot of those together. Like we share those because sometimes he's going to be busier than me. And sometimes, sometimes I'm going to be busier than him. And if I, if we can help out each other and get those things done, we're going to be more successful. Um, I have an au pair that lives with me in the, in my home. And that was one of the best things we did. She's a part of our family. Um, and it helps so much with our childcare and it's enjoyable then. And I have somebody in my home that loves my children. And so that's amazing. So I think it's, yeah, delegating, getting an assistant that understands your business and that wants to grow with you. So building in incentivizations for him so that as he does things that I need to get done, he's going to earn more too. So I think those are all important things. Um, I'm sure my system could be better, but it's working for me. And um, if you have any suggestions, though, I'll certainly take them. No, I, we, we would love to sit down and talk with you because, you know, trying to be with like-minded people, like you said, I think is very important. You talked about that in the networking aspect. And it, just like in our law firm, I mean, we are at a point where I do a lot of the interviewing of the 
potential clients that are coming into the firm. And if it is not a good fit, I, I don't care. You know, it's just, you got to be with the right people. You got to be with people that want to help themselves and they respect the services that you provide. So uh, even sitting down at a table with somebody like you, uh, I know that we would be able to come up with a synergy and and I, maybe ideas and suggestions because, you know, you don't, you probably don't know clearly what it would be that we would need or what what's important to us and, and vice versa. But if you bring good people into the room, good Good things happen, Christine. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. Oh my God, absolutely. And be in that room with the people that can make you a better person, right? So sometimes it it's just about either grabbing a drink. Sometimes I'll I'll have a drink with somebody I haven't seen in a long time, but I know they're a good person. I want to catch up with them, like someone like David. Like I haven't seen him in a while. Like let's just get together. Let's go golf, right? Um, join that golf club. Be around those kinds of people because things will happen. And even if they don't happen in the way you intend, you know, what if, if I wasn't in this kind of role that I am and I was in a maybe some an area where I didn't have great job security, but if I ever lost my job for some reason and I have a network of people that are business owners, executives, I don't have to worry because I know if, if there are people that I care about and that care about me, they'll either say, hey, like I would be happy to have you at my firm or they'll find me find me a spot and i've been able to do that for other people too where it's like listen i don't know if you'd be great in my business let me see if you will and if not i'm gonna help you find somewhere else to be because i know great people and i think that's really important is who you surround yourself with they say you know the five people around you i think that's really important always always be working with good people and raising the people up as as you uh as you grow Dave, that reminds me of how we do our employment practices. The first set of interviews is all about who you are as a person, really. It's not even about your skill set. Are you, do you have a positive mentality? Are you like-minded? Do you, do you, relish in taking on challenges you know who you are as a person to me is more important we can teach skills but we can't teach personality oh for sure we're growing we're having fun just just like you christine i mean and and we welcome you know the the discussion let's keep it going and just one final question you know you said it wasn't oh you weren't always setting those goals um they weren't always measurable and obtainable and in duration was there an aha moment for you that really propelled you into this mindset about scaling, delegation, and efficiency? Every time I've hired somebody in my life, I've made more money. So like the old me would be like, well, that's going to cost me money. Like I would rather save that. And my husband's the complete opposite. Like he's like, just like, well, why are you doing this stuff? This is silly. And every time I listened to him, every time I hired a, a, a nanny or put my kids in a different school or got an au pair, hired my assistant, hired somebody else, I made more money. And it's because I was doing the things that I can, I have the skill set to be able to grow us quicker. So I think like it's not necessarily a bad thing the way I was doing it before. It just wasn't as quick. So I, I think we yeah. slowed ourselves down maybe a little bit in the beginning by not having those goals. Christine, I think that uh, that is such an important principle that so many people miss. I'd love to have you on for a lot longer. We have to have you back. Uh, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, Christine Cox West, how can people find you? Real quick. Yeah, so my firm is The Fortis Agency on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. We're at The Fortis Agency. 
And LinkedIn, I'm Christine Cox West. Spell it for us, please, Fortis. Uh, the F-O-R-T-I-S agency. All right. You got to have the the in there. All right, Dave Bruno. Appreciate it, Christine, so much. Again, we're going to meet and uh, afterwards we'll come back on for a second series because I'm sure our audience is definitely going to want to hear more from you. This is WMTR Radio, something about the truth with your host, Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno. Every Saturday at 1030, Dave, talk about the podcast. Nothing but the truth podcast.com. Uh, you could subscribe to the podcast. So we're on the radio on Saturdays, but all you know, we drop the podcast on the Wednesday after as well as the video. So you could see Christine Cox West. You could also download the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. This is nothing but the truth with Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno. Christine, thank you. It's been a pleasure and I cannot wait to further discussion about scaling, setting goals and being more efficient. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Many thanks to Christine Cox West, offering us her positive mindset and guidance in wealth management and the benefits of financial goal setting for ourselves and for the ones we love. Christine offers real advice on scaling when she states, quote, in terms of scaling the business and working on the business, I came to the realization both in my business and in my house, that is, When I'm doing something I should not be doing, I am robbing time from my children, robbing time from the people that matter. So if I can outsource it and get somebody else to do it for a fraction of the cost, it would take me to do it. I think that works in so many aspects of our lives and that allows us to scale and to be more productive. The reason I love that quote, and it's actually a theme that we hear through podcast after podcast after podcast is that you just can't do it all. And Bob and I talk about it all the time. Delegation. Delegation is elevation. You've been listening to Nothing But The Truth podcast with me, David Bruno, and my law partner and host, Bob Bianchi. We are two former prosecutors and media personalities. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and share this podcast to anyone that would benefit from these stories of rising from adversity and thriving for ultimate success. For more information on this interview with Christine Cox West, see the show notes of this episode in your podcast app or visit nothingbutthetruthpodcast.com for more information and all new episodes all in one place and my favorite the videos. Yes, we film videos every single week. It goes up on the podcast, but the videos are on nothingbutthetruthpodcast.com.